Hey everyone, this is Kieran. You're hearing me live from our podcast. It's happening in our world right now. Um, So bear with me. Give me grace as I proceed to move forward with part three of our series, which is likely going to hit home, might make me cry, and you all just get to hear it through a voice recording. Um, But I love you all, and I'm going to pray for us before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, my heart and my mind is so consumed with worry and stress and heartbroken over what's happening in our nation and in our world right now. Lord Jesus, I I admit it, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid and sad about just the numerous losses, whether that's loss of lives or colleges um, having to shut down and people not being able to graduate and just everything, Lord Jesus. So we pray, Lord, would you intercede for us? Would you calm us in this storm? Would you hold us in this chaos, in this hard hour, Lord Jesus? Would you calm us in the storm of distress? Would you give us wisdom in how to proceed, Lord Jesus? And would your Holy Spirit fill me as I give this talk? Lord Jesus, we trust in you and we rest knowing that you are in control. Lord, you are our rock in which we take refuge, our shield, our salvation, our stronghold. And your word says it so. And in your word we pray. Amen. Well, hey, everyone. As I'm sure you can tell from my prayer, I am really struggling to give this talk, um, which is why we call it The Struggle is Real. I'm just kidding. Uh, It's actually called The Struggle is Real because we are in part three of this series talking about things that are honestly difficult. Davon did part one and part two talking about how relationships are meant to be giving rather than taking. Uh, He also talked about how in relationships you have to protect yourself from temptation. Today is part three, which is talking about how relationships cannot satisfy your heart. Whether that's dating relationships or just friendships, there's a tension to make other people your world and to bank on that. Um, But ultimately, people and things were never made to satisfy our heart. I was going to show two funny, hilarious videos because that's what I usually like to do in a talk, but I'll just share a personal story that I think relates. Um, I'm actually planning for my wedding in end of May, and all of this stuff with the coronavirus is so scary, and I think it's just, it's made me sad and afraid and just kind of... kind of the death of a dream almost it feels like and I'm not jumping just yet but the possibilities um really hit at my own desires to be surrounded by people and it's good it's good to want everyone around you to love you and to be there um but it's really chipping away at just this kind of longing in my own heart um, for a day that is perfect and a day that is complete. I also think when we're in dating relationships or when we're in friendships, there's just this longing to have somebody kind of fill us. Um, I know I've felt that in dating relationships and left unsatisfied. I know I've felt that in friendships and I've felt... um, deeply unsatisfied because people ultimately fail us.
I want to go a little deeper, though, because I think most of us know that. I think most of us know that we have a longing in our hearts for something to fill us, but maybe we don't understand or are able to identify relationships where we're trying to do that. So unhealthy relationships, friendships, or dating usually have these four qualities. And they have more qualities, obviously, but these four in particular. Um, the first one being that they take, take, take. Um, they are very selfish and self-motivated. The second is that promises are made and usually not kept. Um, for instance, people might gossip about you. They might end up betraying your trust. Um, the third is that there's a compromise to earn love. Um, and that can be you not speaking your mind. That can be you working as hard as you can to look a certain way or to be a certain way. Um, and the fourth thing is that they're highly concentrated on the physical appearance of things. In dating relationship that relationships, that can be um, how attractive someone is or how attractive you are together uh, physically. Um, in friendships, that could be how popular you are um, and how you appear to other people. But whether it's with dating or with your friendships, uh, these traits are a red flag. And they are also a red flag in your own heart if you possess these traits as well. But let's look at God's word because a guy named Samson experienced these red flags with a woman he fell for too. And her name was Delilah. So at this point, I was going to show this funny video with some jazz music in the background of a, of a model blowing in the wind. So I want you guys to visualize that with me, is this very tan, gorgeous woman. Uh, and that's what Delilah probably looked like. So we're going to look at Judges 16, 4 through 6. If you guys want to read along with me. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Seduce him, and see where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him. And we will each give you one thousand and one hundred pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. Travis told me I had to, had to do the voices, so. <laughs> so, okay, so Delilah is this gorgeous woman. Let's look at that. Um, basically, she's asked by her people to find out the source of Samson's strength so they could overcome him and defeat him. So basically, she goes to him, builds a relationship with him, and tries to tempt him into telling that secret, okay? So Delilah, here's what we know. Delilah was super attractive to Samson. We do know also that Samson tried two times to tell her the wrong way to get rid of his strength, okay? So Samson was a super strong guy. God had given him supernatural strength, but he had a secret about it. So the first two times he told her, if you do this thing, I won't be strong anymore. She literally had soldiers come upon Samson and try to attack him and, and get rid of his strength, but they couldn't because the first two times he told her something that wasn't the truth, okay? You would think after the second time, he would be like, wow, ironically, when I tell this woman what my secret is, all of a sudden the Philistines keep showing up and they keep trying to take my strength away from me. Um, but he didn't. Or, really, if we look at it, and something we could look at that is that as much as he was resisting her, 
he wasn't really. And I think we can all identify with that in some way. Something that we're longing for. Whether that's friendships or um, really even things too. Just saying that we're trying to avoid something, but really we keep allowing those people, especially people, to have access to our hearts. We keep allowing them back in. We keep not fleeing from something that we know is bad for us. We think that we can hold it in close proximity and that we'll be okay. And I just feel like that is the devil's scheme is because it becomes something so exciting to us. And Delilah was exciting to Samson. Samson wasn't in for waiting for something better. Samson wasn't wanting God in that moment. He wanted Delilah to love him. And he wanted Delilah to admire him. And wanting people to love and admire us is not a bad thing. Even with the example I used about, you know, my wedding earlier. But when we allow those things to consume us and to replace our love for God to the point where we choose sin, that's where we know. That's where we know we have reached the the red zone, okay? The bad zone. Let's keep reading, though, and see what happens with Samson, okay? So we're still in Judges 16, verse 15, all right? And she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and like any other man. When Delilah Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came upon Uh, came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees. And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as a... I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so that's a really rough passage. Oh my goodness. Um, So circling back. Basically, she's saying, how can you say, I love you when your heart is not with me, okay? So she's being manipulative. Um, She is trying to allure him with love to tell her the secret, and it works. Ultimately, Samson didn't set up these guardrails, and he did not say no to temptation. He did not flee from it. Ultimately, he had pride in his heart, thinking, I am stronger than this. I will be stronger than her temptation. I can have her love me without having to give of myself. And that is just such the lie of the enemy. And we are all captive to it. Um, But here's ultimately what he didn't fully believe. And he didn't fully understand at this time. 
and it ended up leaving, leading to his death. People and the approval of others is a temporary satisfaction. It makes sense because our hearts crave to be liked. We crave attention. We crave being desired. But being liked and desired will never, ever replace the joy and satisfaction of fully being loved. Being liked and desired will never, ever replace the joy and satisfaction of fully being loved. Don't you want that? Isn't that what we all want? I want to look at true loving relationships so you guys can identify those in your own life. And then I'll circle back to that last point that I just made. So kind of tying in with the, with the unhealthy relationships, healthy relationships and ones that are truly loving give sacrificially. They have balance, so you're not a doormat, but you are thinking of the other person and you are giving and the other person gives in return. The second point is that trust is kept. You can depend on someone who loves you, that their actions and words will line up. And if they don't for some reason, if any of these things, if they fail you on any of these levels, they will ask for forgiveness and grace because they love you. The third thing is that love is given unconditionally and received, and specifically that love protects. Love protects. Love is thinking of the other person and is protective of their heart. In dating relationships, it means someone who really loves you, who really loves you, is not going to push you past what you're comfortable physically, emotionally. They are not going to do that. They are not going to push you past those things, okay? The fourth point is that Healthy, loving relationships see past the outward appearance and selfish desires. True, loving relationships go past the surface. They see past the outward appearance. You may not be able to control all the people around you, but you do have control on who has access to your close circle in your heart. You can choose people who are pointing you to Christ. You can choose to give rather than take from those relationships. You can remember the truth that the only person who is ever going to satisfy you is Jesus. And his love is the only thing that you can fully depend on and count on. Another quick story, something you guys might not know about me, is in college I had a very serious relationship And we talked all the time about getting married, and he gave me a promise ring, and he told me he would never leave me or forsake me. And here's the thing, and it was so damaging because I believed him. But the Lord is the only person who can say, I will never leave you or forsake you. He has limitless love. He has limitless power. He goes on forever and ever. He is the Alpha and Omega even the best people in our lives, even people who really do reflect true loving relationships, ultimately we are going to have to face death one day and those people cannot be the only thing that we bank on. We have to bank on the truth of the, the gospel. We have to bank on Jesus. In this time with the coronavirus and the spreading, we have to trust in Jesus and we have to hope in Jesus and that he will provide and that he will satisfy our hearts and that there is joy to be found even in the darkness. 
we're like broken cisterns. And so for a lot of you, you might not know what that word means. It's basically a jar. Um, and we're like broken ones that can't hold water, right? We have the cracks. The water is spilling through. We have forsaken the Lord and attempted to fill ourselves. But the hope and the glory of the gospel is that Jesus is living water. He's something different. There's something different about Jesus. People will never satisfy you. And being desired by people will never be the joy of being fully loved by Jesus Christ. Ever. And the Lord will guide you continually. This is Isaiah 58, 11. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in, a, in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. He will guide you. He will satisfy your desires. Will you let him? Will you trust that? Will you believe in that, Jehi? I have a few questions for you guys to discuss in groups or with your parents or with your friends. First one are what are ways you might be putting your satisfaction in people or events or things? Second is how does knowing the truth that you are loved by God unconditionally change your life? Third question, what keeps you from choosing Jesus over people? Essentially, in what ways are we making people big priorities and God small? In what ways might you be compromising? Hey, I love y'all, and thank you for bearing with me, even though my heart is heavy Um, I'm going to pray again because there's power in the name of Jesus and there is power in prayer and there's power in his community of believers coming together. So please bow your heads and pray with me and pray in your groups. Dear Lord Jesus, this coronavirus is something like we've never seen before, Lord. There's not enough research, there's not enough knowledge to really make any statements about it but here's one thing we do know you are on the throne and you are in control jesus you are in control god when the swine flu was happening lord um people were praying and 90 days later after a prayer movement this whole thing started to shut down swine flu started to become less and less of a scare so lord would you give us the faith that if we come together and we diligently pray lord jesus that you will deliver us that you will provide for us lord i believe in the name of jesus and i believe in the power that you can call cause us to a halt that you can protect us that you can give us wisdom for the decisions to be made in the coming weeks to fight against this. Lord, we praise you and you are good. Amen. Hey, J-Hi, stay safe. We love you all. Do not panic. The Lord is on the throne and he is mighty and he will satisfy every desire that you have. And in your name we pray. Amen.